0: Olivia I am Madeline and this is another picture show podcast damn right it is how are you doing Madeline
1: (laughs) I am living my best uh quarantine life just just chilling reading books watching movies that I've never seen
0: that is the premise of the show we're gonna watch some movies that Madeline hasn't seen some that she has seen some that i haven't seen but the main point is you're not going to know what movie we're watching until i tell you i know what is it so this week we're watching one of my absolute favorite movies of all time so this week we're watching eternal sunshine of the spotless mind
1: i have no idea what that movie is
0: excellent i love this movie (laughs) so much i'm it is it is a masterpiece of writing
1: it sounds like a Wes Anderson film title to me.
0: It's kind of, It's a very quirky movie. I think you'll really like it. It's a very sweet movie. It's, it's not as problematic as some of the other movies that we've been talking about on this podcast. So I think it'll be a nice break to like actually watch a really good movie. Who's in this movie? It's Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet are the main okay. main uh, people, but we've got like little cameos from some other well-known well-known people I'm not gonna say who I'll let you watch it and we can discuss but so you've never heard of this movie
1: no I was thinking it was um there's like this one movie that's out that has um I mean I'm sure it's like really old it has like Zach Braff in it Little Miss Sunshine maybe is what I was thinking of oh yeah Yeah. very different movies yeah I sure (laughs) But no, don't know anything about it then. No idea. When was it? I don't know when it was made. I don't know any sort of... I have no context to what this movie is.
0: I think that's perfect. To go into this movie knowing nothing and just kind of absorbing it for the first time. It's not like one of those movies that is like, you know, you gotta avoid spoilers for or anything like that. It's just... Okay. I think it's just like a very... um, It's a very sweet, just wholesome... Really good movie watching experience, so I like that. Yeah, and uh, I do know you you and um
1: our friend Denver have raved about this movie. Like I think Denver oh, no. mentioned it. Pretty sure it was Denver. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the one that mentioned it at least like five times in the last six weeks
0: that I've talked to him. <laughs> well, Denver and I rarely agree on movies. Um, so if this is one that we both like, then hopefully that that's a good sign (laughs) Um, it's good for
1: all audiences yes
0: yes there's nothing that i can remember that's you know i take issue with with that we will be back with our review of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind in three two one And we're back yes we are
1: <laughs> um it was cute but I was also sad <laughs> is that a good thing like I liked the movie okay, I quick. did but I was like so bombed you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was I, literally when the movie like concluded I just went sad <laughs> it's just it's not entirely sad. Obviously, there's, like, hope Mm -hmm. at the end, but I guess just kind of, like, the whole process of, like, you know, losing each other in this, you know, in his own memories, like, was really sad to watch, And and then they reconnect, and I do kind of like that they knew what had happened to each other. I liked that, because it would have been almost less hopeful if they had just reconnected again yeah. without knowing what would happen because who's to say that the exact same thing wouldn't happen again?
0: Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, I, I agree. I think that gives the movie a little bit more hope than just them finding each other again and, like, redoing the cycle. Right. Because this way they at least know that, like, they've been through it and broke up because of X, Y, and Z that they have mm-hmm. reported that they can, like, know going into it this time like yeah they know how they felt about this they know how she felt about this how he felt about this so they can like hopefully purposefully work on those things with intention mm-hmm. if they are to be successful yeah um instead of it just going in blind and you know repeating the same same tragic love story over and over again let me give the uh, imdb synopsis or whatever so eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is a 2004 american science fiction romance drama written by charlie kaufman and directed by michael gondry it follows an estranged couple who have erased each other from their memories
1: cute the netflix description said a man finds out his girlfriend has erased all her memories of him so he decides to do the same Mm -hmm. So i think netflix description gives a little more away to like the actual plot but they're both accurate.
0: (laughs) Yeah so going into this you didn't have any like you didn't know anything about this movie. Um, No
1: and it was a very
0: star-studded cast. Yes it was. Throwing that out there. It was. Um, A lot of younger versions of very famous people. Like baby Mark Ruffalo. (laughs) (laughs) Little tween elijah wood (laughs) basically i wanted to punch him in the
1: face the entire movie
0: um but going into it or you know kind of going into it without knowing anything how did you feel watching it
1: i had a lot of aha moments in the movie um because it starts after the erasure happens so like you see the dent, like the dent in his car, and he's like, "What the hell happened?" And like as the movie goes on, she's like, "Oh, I crashed your car, sorry." And you go out and you see like she crashed into a yellow um, fire hydrant, and that's how, the that's how the dent's there. But he doesn't remember that happening because all of his memories of her were, were erased. So the moment I saw the fire hydrant in the car, I was like, "Aha!" And then <laughs> so on. There were mo- many moments in the movie where I just went, "Ah," <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. oh, the whole time. <laughs> Um, but I mean, that kind of plays into the idea of, like, memory isn't, isn't chronological. Yeah. Um, and there's sometimes, like, no organization to it in your mind. It's just, like, something will trigger something else, will trigger something else, will trigger something else. So I liked that it didn't go from, like, it kind of almost worked its way backwards. It kind of started with, like, his more recent memories of her, and then... Which were, like, the worst memories. Because, like, that was when the relationship started to fall apart. But it was almost as he was going through the rest of the memories with her, he, like, remembers all these good times. And that's when he starts to realize, I don't want this. Like, I don't want to forget all of this. Mm-hmm. Because he was so focused on, like, her erasing him and then her, you know, being just, like, the worst version of herself in their relationship at the end. Mm-hmm. So... Which begs me, which begs the question to me is, do you think she went through the same process during her memory erasure? Like, do you think while she was getting her memory erased halfway through, she realized she didn't want this to happen either, but there's like no stopping the process, you know?
0: Yeah. um, I mean, I think it's an interesting thought because, you know, everybody that goes through that when it's like, you know, related to a relationship or something probably do go through that. Um, Mm -hmm. but obviously there's no stopping it so once they're they're done they they have no no way of like gaining them back because it's all gone um it's an interesting kind of like question to throw out there like is it worth it to try and erase something painful from your life if all the good goes with it you know
1: Mm mm-hmm my answer is no.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially was...
1: after watching the movie. I mean, it would have been no most likely before, mm-hmm. but definitely after like seeing something like that played out and just, you know, how hard he and he fought to like keep the memories and like they had great memories together. Mm-hmm. Um and just like watching them literally like fade away was really depressing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, I really liked how this movie deals with like memory and and just the mind in general and how it works. I think it's it, it portrays it in a really interesting way. That's it makes sense. You know, like mm-hmm. if you've never if you don't see someone's physical face in reality when you're remembering it, like their face is like, distorted because you don't have like a clear picture of what they look like. Right. So when he's trying to you know think of Elijah Woods character, he didn't see his face. So like when he's trying to see what he looks like, he can't because he has no. He never saw his face. So it's either the constant back of his head or his face is all
1: jacked up. And then like when he, the memory when he first met up with her at the bookstore, like went to talk to her again after they first met on the beach, all the books were turned inside out. Mm -hmm. So like the, the pages were facing out on the shelves instead of the spine of the book. And I thought that was clever. So at first it had all the covers on them. Like you could see different colored covers, but as the memory continued to fade, the all the covers were white,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: completely blank. And then like the shelves were gray. Like the shelves started out as a certain color and then the, like the whole room turned like white and the shelves were white. And then like it kept going. I I just liked that. I was like, I
0: like the detail of it. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. I I think, like I said, it's just, it was really cool. And I liked how a lot of the sets kind of mesh together. So like we're in the doctor's office or Barnes and Noble in one one setting and then he kind of runs into another room and then he's in his apartment or his friend's apartment or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like how when you're dreaming or when you're trying to remember something, you kind of, you're not thinking about the in-between. You're just going from one, one scene to another scene. Um, and a lot of that was, a lot of the movie was practical effects. Like there was very, very little... CGI, I think the only CGI was kind of when the everything's deteriorating. Yeah.
1: Or when he was like, well, I guess no, because even when he was a toddler, they just made like a really big fridge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of perspective play and a lot of manipulation of the space so that you know if a character character is supposed to disappear, they kind of like go into a, a hiding like a hiding spot and then come out somewhere else. And a lot of the scenes where Jim Carrey is like playing he's in the same scene with himself. Yeah. He's acting both of those. He's just, like, having to run around the camera and, like, change really fast. Like, there's no CGI involved in that.
1: That's pretty cool. I had actually seen one of the scenes, just a very brief clip, and I think it was talking about how he would switch back and forth. And it was the scene where he first enters his memory of being in the doctor's office, like, before he brings um, Clementine with him. Mm-hmm and he's just there and then it's the doctor and then the camera pans over and it's him sitting in the chair and i do remember seeing somebody like post like oh jim carrey you know did all of this in one take without any additional cgi or whatever so yeah i do remember that because when i saw that scene i was like yeah i think i've seen this part before but no context <laughs> whatsoever
0: <laughs> yeah um so what did you think of the performances
1: I, I really like, like I said, I liked Jim Carrey. Um, he does, a lot of his roles are just over the top just because he's such, he has such like a, an elastic face. Yeah. Like he can just do whatever crazy shit you want him to do and it's flawless. Um, But he didn't, he didn't have to lean on that so much for this movie. He didn't really lean on it at all. There was like a couple scenes where he was like goofing around in his own memory, but that's mm. just, that was just, you know part of his memories. It wasn't, like, uh, a strong character trait or anything like that. Unlike, you know, Ace Ventura or The Mask <laughs> or fucking yeah. The Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> and then I liked um, Kate Winslet. I don't know. I always have this memory. I, the only thing that she stands out to me as an actress is Titanic. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that she can just be this, like, goofy kind of hairbrained gal um, and not, you know, not typecast into this, like, you know, drowning woman on a boat, uh, (laughs) is, is good, and I liked her, I liked her character a lot, I liked the character Clementine, Mm -hmm. um, and I also kind of liked their juxtaposition as a couple, like, he was very, like, I mean, he's goofy at times, you saw, but he was, like, more reserved, more just, like, you know, one-liner kind of, like, sense of humor, whereas she was just, like, fucking crazy all over the place did whatever she wanted and she just had that kind of like personality that just like drew people in like she's literally the opposite of bella from twilight (laughs) (laughs) got it in there got it in there (laughs) got the twilight reference in hell yes um so i liked them and then i really liked the dynamic between Kristen dunst and uh the doctor yeah um, Mary and the doctor. I thought that was really, really funny. And it was really sad too, because like she, f- you know, when she finds out, she's like, that's still so shameful. I think the worst part about doing something like that is everybody else still knows what happened. Yeah. And that's
0: so embarrassing.
1: You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like, Stan, like, like he, he knows that that all happened and she keeps bringing up Howard. And then Howard shows up and he's just like, I'm a, I'm a just go, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> And he's like chilling by the van, and he sees it go down and he's not upset. Cause he like knows he it's inevitable. Cause it's already happened. It's really sad.
1: <laughs> but I think that, I think that also proves the point that if Clementine and um, Joel, right. Yep. Joel. Um, She kept calling him Jolie in the movie, so I kept thinking his name was Joey for some stupid reason. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So, so her relationship with Howard and how that repeated itself could have been their fate because, like, it's that sort of mutual attraction. Like, the attraction doesn't leave just because your memories are gone. You were attracted to each other when you first met each other and had no memories with one another. Mm -hmm. So, there's no reason that attraction doesn't leave just because the memories are erased you know what i mean yeah like you were attracted to that person in the first place for some reason so it's bound to happen again so when mary made her pass at howard i was just so like when i figured it out i was just so mad because yeah he gets to remember everything like they had this like passionate love affair it sounds like and he gets to keep those memories Mm-hmm. And it almost sounds like he kind of, co- like, not coerced her, but probably heavily hinted that she should do this procedure just so they could continue, like, a professional lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Um. A fun fact, in the original screenplay, um, she had been pregnant originally, and that's when Howard, if I'm remembering correctly, Howard convinced her to you know, get rid of the baby and the memories in order to kind of, you know, just fix the situation in general. Yeah. Um, And so that's when that all happened. But I guess they cut that for time. But that's just like another layer of like fucked up. Right. The situation.
1: Yeah, that is pretty fucked up. Sorry if I keep swatting. There is this one fruit fly just (laughs) hovering around my mic. So I'm trying to like find the perfect moment to just like fucking crush it but now of course now
0: it's gone so hopefully it stays away bitch. but yeah um, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet both were casted against like type like um, intentionally because Kate Winslet was best known up at that point um, for doing period dramas you know mm-hmm. like Titanic like all these things um, and they wanted to, The I think the director wanted to give her the opportunity to, um, you know, do something completely different. And I think she did a really good job. Um, she's kind of a foil or, like, a critique on the, like, manic pixie dream girl um, I was going to say that at some point. Um, she's kind of, she's not, by all accounts, she's not a manic pixie dream girl because the definition of that was coined by some journalists. The the like term manic pixie dream girl was coined by a guy who was critiquing the film Elizabethtown, um, because the character in Elizabethtown is kind of just there to be the projection of like the perfect kind of male f- not not I guess male fantasy or like perfect girlfriends kind of mm-hmm. there to fulfill his idea of what a like fun cute girl is and also doesn't have any real character development of her own and is just there to help further the man's story and the man's um, plot in the movie right um, but in this movie clementine has her own issues she's very fucked up and she says so many times she's like manic sure but she doesn't fall into the the category of manic pixie dream girl because she's you know, struggling with her own stuff and has her own kind of arc. Yeah, in this movie, and there, you know, she's exciting and lively and eccentric and like weird, but ultimately she's her own person with her own struggles and things that hurt her and things that she has to get over. Right. Um, so she's, I think, a really interesting critique on on that even though this movie came out before that term was coined, but still, people like to use her as an example of a Manic Pixie Dream Girl, and I think that's wrong.
1: I agree, mostly because it's, I think you can, you can definitely um, prove that assumption wrong, specifically on, like, how she treats both of her relationships in the movie, because, like, when she's, Joel treats her like a human being. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Joel's attracted to her. He's, you know, interested in her because she is an interesting person. She's not just, like, cute and quirky. She's, like, she's got, you know, like, a complex personality as opposed to, like, your stereotypical manic pixie dream girl who has, like, a very one-note, as you said, personality and is just there as a prop. Um, But elijah wood oh cringe oh elijah um (laughs) you silly silly man um he kind of baby boy yeah i know like straight up infant like he looks like he's like 15 in this movie (laughs) um so he he treats her like she is like like he can follow this script and win her over yeah and while she would be more of it, even, even in the perspective of like Elijah Wood trying to get her, he, she is still more of a challenge because she's not a manic pixie dream girl, but he still thinks that taking, cause he stole Joel's like memories. Like he stole yeah. all of Joel's like shit to win her over because he's a creep um, and saying the same things and, you know, faking the same interests and pretending he did art and like, and all that other stuff. She knew something was off about him. Like she knew it wasn't right. <laughs> it Wasn't
0: genuine. I think it's, it wasn't genuine. It's kind of interesting. Like, you know, you can ar- he, she erased the memory of Joel, but two years still passed, and she has other memories from those two years. It's not like those two years just poof are not there anymore. Just he's not a part of that. So she still has grown as a person. In in that time, so it's it's like residual kind of uh residual memories or residual lessons that she learned in those two years are still there so like right the things that joel did might have you know been heartfelt and, and meaningful at the time when he did them in the relationship because it was within the context of their relationship in the time that she was in but time has still passed and she's still not the same person as when like joel gave her those things you know what i mean right so when Patrick is reusing these things, it's like out of context and like, she it's not hitting her the same way as it would from, you know, some other time in her life. Right. I don't know. <laughs> and also
1: like, yeah, it just like, it really just was not genuine. Like he is just a straight up creepy ass dude in this movie.
0: Like he was like, yeah, I stole her panties and uh, Stan is like what the fuck and then they just start laughing about it it's like no no that's not good it's a very um very hardcore breach of i don't know patience. He was like
1: do you get how unethical this is and he was like no i'm totally kidding and then they're both like ha ha ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> just moved on
0: <laughs> no that's horrible my girlfriend
1: oh i'm having girlfriend problems oh my god my girlfriend i'm like shut up <laughs> She's not real.
0: Ugh. Yeah. It's uh very disturbing. But yeah, uh and then Jim Carrey also was cast against, you know, his typical type acting, like you said before. Originally Nick Cage was supposed to play Joel. <laughs> the shock on her face. You <laughs> At guys that can't point, see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if it
0: had gone with
1: if they had gone, if they had gone with Nick Cage, here's what would happen. <laughs> Everything right up until the he decides to get his memory erased, right? All of that still happens. All of the like he meets her in Montauk, whatever. All that happens, right? Then he finds out she got her memory erased, so he wants his erased. So the rest of the movie is not him getting his memory erased. He it's just just cut National Treasure Plays, and then (laughs) go back, and it's the next morning. And then he gets on the train to Montauk. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it would have been a very, very different movie if it was Dick Cage. I think there would have been a lot more yelling involved. Um. (laughs) Where's the Declaration of Independence? Wrong movie. Wrong movie, Nick. Oh, Sorry, sorry. Sorry.
1: (laughs) He just would have. He just would have talked a lot more about Benjamin Franklin.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would have definitely been a a different movie for sure.
1: But I definitely would have he, enjoyed it far less or yeah. far more. I don't know. I.
0: It would not have been the same. Um. <laughs> just leave it at that. Um, but so Nick Cage was unavailable, so they turned to Jim Carrey, who I guess was going through a breakup of his own and was like really depressed when the director talked to him. Aw. Um, and the director was like, hey, it's really beautiful that you're depressed right now. <laughs> Please stay like this. Don't get better. I want you to stay like this for a year. And a couple of years later, Jim Carrey was recording a documentary and was like talking about that. And he was like, yeah, that's, that's how fucked up this industry is. Like, yeah, that's not. That is really messed it up. It kind of defeats the purpose of acting.
1: Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, I need all of my, <laughs> my
0: actors to be actually
1: depressed in order to <laughs> they, they were like, let's just, you know, skim the internet for really depressed people and cast them in this movie.
0: I was reading um some trivia about this movie and a lot of it was I can't remember specifics, but a lot of it was how the director just kind of it was just insane. Like the set, um, a lot of the set had to be moved around for certain for certain uh, certain shots there was like 14 hour workdays um he like fired yeah. a whole crew of people because they were like yeah if you do this it's not going to be safe and so he was like screw that so then he had like the film crew do it instead it's like i mean i guess it worked out cuz the movie is good but like <laughs> i hope nobody was out. injured yeah, in the I mean, process of making this film, it's insane. Uh, but yeah, so he Jim Carrey was depressed uh, when he was cast for this.
1: How do you keep yourself depressed? I mean, it's. A, I don't know if he a, actually
0: kept himself depressed, but that's. But he didn't actively said. keep himself happy either. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I don't know how long it was bef- between that conversation and when they actually started filming. Right. Um. But they wanted him. They wanted to to cast a funny person because it's easier to kind of subdue that in the character. Like, he's a very average-looking guy. Uh Um, He's funny, and he is quirky, but it's not overly done in the movie. Like It's easier to subdue a comedic actor than to have someone who's not funny try to be funny. You know what I mean? Fair enough. But that's what they were trying to go for, just like this quirky, average guy. Which he was. He was very, very watered down, I'd say. Yeah. I think everyone else did a good job too. I think Kirsten Dunst was was good as the drunk <laughs> assistant coming into someone else. Oh, that bothered me so much. Now that I <laughs> like they just come into this guy's apartment and just like drink all of his alcohol, like are eating everything in his fridge, having sex on his couch. I'm like man They're literally like sleeping on top of him and jumping, like jumping on top of yeah. him in their underwear. I would I would have some words. Uh, if I had remembered that, I would have been furious. If I had an entire cake in my fridge and I woke up and it was gone, it's like half eaten. <laughs> no memory though of
1: what no, happened to it. I would
0: be like, did I eat all of this? <laughs> I don't remember that.
1: I feel like I'd be really the, sad though the correlation between new patients of dr howard and then new patients for like psychologists like have to be related there has to be some sort of positive correlation between the two of those because i mean yeah i mean she was like because clementine like she had been going she had fully you know gone through several probably a couple weeks at least of having her memory erased and she started going through kind of, like, the effects of not, like, knowing something's wrong, but not knowing what it is. Yeah. So there has to be, like, there are obviously negative side effects to this treatment that no one covers in this movie at all. <laughs> Definitely feels like some sort of practice that would be, like, above, like, a butcher shop or something. Like, it looks like a little hair salon. Nope, it's actually a memory erasing clinic. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: What did you think of, like, the science kind of presented in the movie? Very far-fetched. But I went with
1: it. Because yeah. usually I'm in movies and I'm like, well, there's no way that could happen. <laughs> 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 there's no way that he could just lay there and, like, force himself to, you know what I mean? Like there was, Yeah, yeah. I, I am, then I kind of reminded myself, this is supposed to be technically a sci-fi movie because it's Futuristic, quote unquote, technology um, that's being used and like very unfounded science <laughs> involved. Mm-hmm. I'm not a scientist. I'm not good at science. But um, I think at the time it was very far fetched. Even yeah. now it's still pretty far fetched. But you know, when you think about things like Neuralink and you know, like Black Mirror type shows, and everybody's like, that's not far off. I'm like, well, let's keep it as far away as possible. I don't want, I don't want anything like this to exist because I'm not a person that believes in the concept, uh, what's called like transhumanism. Mm -hmm. Um, transhumanism is like basically people electing to improve themselves like technologically. Like for example, like basically becoming like a bionic person or like a cyborg (laughs) is like the clearest example, like intentionally taking your eyes out to get like you know, super bionic eyes that can, like, shoot lasers and, like, see through walls and shit. Like, that that would be, like, a very extreme form of transhumanism. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, some people will even break that down to, like, hearing aids. But I feel like there's always, like, that gray zone where, with these sort of, like, newfangled terminology where you're like, well, what about, you know, when somebody loses a leg and they get a, and they get, you know, a, a prosthetic? I'm like, no, this is you, intentionally changing yourself with, like, technology, with, you know, not, and, like, you know, plastic surgery does not count as transhumanism before anybody asks. Um, (laughs) But that sort of thing, I'm not, like, uploading your consciousness to the cloud is technically, like, a form of transhumanism. Mm. Like, all of those things, in my personal opinion, freak me the fuck out. (laughs) I'm, like, I would rather... I'd rather just die. You know what I mean? Like, not like, don't shoot me in the head, but like, I would rather just go naturally, you know, Mm -hmm. don't upload me to the cloud. Don't put my brain in like a fishbowl and then reanimate me in a hundred years. No, thank you. (laughs) Um, Cryogenics, that would also like cryogenically freezing your head and then like transplanting it. That's a form of transhumanism. Mm -hmm. There is this, sorry, I could go, I could go on forever about transhumanism. (laughs) Let me cut this short. Basically all of the science in this movie while fascinating and really cool to watch would be absolutely terrifying to exist in real life. And yeah. plus, I don't think it could be possible, let not physic not like scientifically possible. I just think it would be the hardest fucking thing in the year of our lord 2020 to erase to completely erase somebody's memory of someone else or something else. Because of social media, because of globalization,
0: like yeah, how I wouldn't mean, hell... put it past twenty twenty. We've we've <laughs> we've surpassed my my expectations so far.
1: If they if they could pull this fucking thing off, I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> Just end it all. Just cut it off here. <laughs> yeah. But because like because of social media, because of um, the internet, like you know, in in two thousand four, Instagram, Facebook, like. MySpace, like, kind of existed, but even then, like, it wasn't crazy popular in 2004. That was something that came along, like, 2005, 2006, and then, like, yeah. died when Facebook came around. You know, nowadays, you upload a photo, it's on, if you have, like, a public account, it's on a million people's phones, and mm-hmm. people can screenshot that shit, whatever. Eventually, like, it will, something will get back there. to you. Yeah. It'll make your, it'll make its way back to you. So even if you collect all of the physical evidence of a relationship or whatever you want to get rid of in your life and take it to dr howard and he like incinerates it or elijah wood steals it um (laughs) something is going to come back and like trigger that memory i think it's cool but i don't think in this day and age especially it would actually be possible
0: yeah i mean i agree i think it's a horrifying (laughs) horrifying idea um I, the the like, inspiration for this movie was I think the co-writer uh, was talking to somebody who was going through a breakup, and asked her he asked her like do you, what would you do like you just want to erase his memory um, and she said yes and that was kind of the inspiration of it and he wanted to do this experiment where he you know the the letters that all the family members get being like this person has erased this person from their memory like don't don't bring it up (laughs) right um like sending letters out to people like that to see what people would do he didn't he never ended up doing that but instead he he brought it to the director the guy who directed this movie and and they were like we can make something out of this and so then they you know that was the spark for for this movie but it's kind of a a weird thing to think about like if you got a letter from someone being like this person erased olivia mullen from their memory don't break like say my sister right or de- or like one of our friends was like this person erased olivia from their memory don't don't say anything about it like how do you handle that because like I'm still in your life.
1: I would call you up immediately and be like, what the fuck did you do? You <laughs> erased your whole ass. <laughs> I wouldn't even bring it up to him. I'd be like, do you know what you
0: did? <laughs> I ate his whole cake when he was sleeping.
1: <laughs> then he bought another one while he was getting his memory erased. I <laughs> ate that one too. <laughs> okay, so this, this question I kind of had during the movie... And I, I don't know if I have an answer to it or if there is an answer to it, but are you entitled to be in other people's memories? You know what I mean? Like if you have, so say you have a relationship and you break up and Ryan goes and like erases all of his memories of you.
0: Ryan's my, my boyfriend for context.
1: Oh yes, yes. This is not a made up name. Um, <laughs> but so, so, okay. Yeah, so Ryan goes and he erases his memory of you. And obviously you'd be upset, but are you entitled to be in his memory?
0: You know what I mean? How we live together, that would be really, really unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) He wakes up, who are you? So in that case, I would say yes. Because I'm on the lease.
1: Like, I mean, I'm not saying like you're entitled, like, okay, so separate example, make it less complicated because you guys are living together. Okay. (laughs) Say... (laughs) Say our friend, our mutual friend, Denver, he decides, you ate his cake, he decides to erase hit all of his memories of you, and you find this out, just like Jim Carrey, just like Joel did in the, in the film. Yeah. I mean, besides the fact that you have mutual friends and everything, don't, do you feel like you would be entitled to be in his memories? Like, do you think, like, you have that like right not not to say like you have to remember who i am but like i don't know i just like i just thought it was like kind of unfair to make yeah. that decision to just completely yes you can completely cut somebody out of out of their life out of your life and that's completely justified especially if like they are not healthy but i don't know i just like i got so conflicted because i can understand both sides i can understand yeah. this is your body your memories you can choose what you want to fucking do with them I but think it depends time, on, like, like,
0: how how involved in your life they still are, you know? Like, if it's, say, an ex of mine decided to, someone who I don't talk to anymore, someone who's not in my life, wanted to go do that and, like, erase me from their memory, it doesn't affect me now, because I'm not going to go out of my way to, like, contact them or, like, you know, whatever, so if they wanted to do that, it wouldn't bother me, but if it was someone that I still interact with, and I still, is still in my life to some degree, Mm -hmm. I would say yes, that I'm, I should be in their memories, because, I don't know, it's, like, everything's connected, and if you just erase something, it doesn't mean that everything else goes away, right, you know, so it's, like, things won't make sense, things won't make sense for the people who have to deal with it. Cause like everyone else has to like suddenly shift their whole life around because this person decided to go erase a certain part of their memory. Yeah.
1: And also like, I mean, in the, in this, in this context of Joel and Clementine, like, you know, yeah, they broke up, but how are either of them going to learn from their breakup if Clementine had decided to just up and fucking erase the whole thing. Yeah. Like the residual memories there and she did her, her own personal self did evolve and hasn't, that hasn't changed. But I mean, even after a breakup, even after you have these personal growth moments during a relationship, Mm -hmm. you still continue to learn from your past relationships. Yeah. So to just completely wipe that from your slate and like just, and have no idea that this relationship ever happened prevents you from growing prevents prevents clementine from growing prevents joel from growing and then like you said everybody else has to fucking like hide all of their pictures of like you and joel if they have any Mm -hmm. and you know they have to tiptoe around talking about certain memories so that affects other people so i feel like the movie was also very like the characters in the movie were also very selfish at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think both Clementine and Joel did it for two very different reasons. Clementine throughout the entire movie is very spontaneous and hasty with her decisions. She kind of just does things because why not? And she doesn't really think before she does a lot of things. And I think that was one one really extreme example. She... Yeah thought she was she was just in pain and she was like it's better to just not feel this anymore Mm -hmm. so she goes and has that done without really thinking about it and joel does it out of spite yeah joel does it because he's mad at her and is like fine if you're gonna erase me i'll erase you because honestly i think it'd be horrible if somebody that you love and you are still like is still in your life just to just you know if ryan went and erased his memory while he's still living with me, that would be <laughs> the worst thing ever because now I have to, like, figure out how to convince him why I'm still living here. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, all these things, it'd be horrible. Like, all these things that we've been through together, he doesn't value enough to to keep. Um, I would rather, in that instance, also not know who he is and, and like, not have to live with that. I was going to
1: ask. I was like, if you, if you and Ryan... Like Ryan erased his memories of you, would you feel more inclined to erase your memories of him?
0: I think so. Yeah. Um, like if it was, you know, like I said, now we're living together, everything seems fine, and then he goes and <laughs> <laughs> erases his memory of me. I think I would be way more inclined to also do that and just have a fresh start because I, I, if you know, in the long run, it would not be a good idea because ultimately everything that we've been through together has like led to to the you know, personal growth that I've experienced, and I would continue to grow past that. But if, for the sake of being mad at him for doing that, I probably would consider it. Yeah. Hmm. One of these days, I'm just You're gonna pay me? Ryan.
1: I'm gonna pay Ryan like twenty bucks to act like he doesn't know who you are. And <laughs> him like, hey, books. I'm gonna slide you twenty bucks in your Venmo <laughs> tomorrow morning. You just gotta have no idea who Olivia is. <laughs> <laughs> You have to keep it going for at least a couple hours. Just really get her, just really get her thinking about erasing her memory.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I don't think I'd actually do it. I think, like I said, I think I know long term it, it would kind of erase all of the stuff that I've been through with him, but in the short term moments of him being super frustrating and not knowing who I am, I'd probably be like, Well, screw you, guy. Off I go. To wipe my brain clean. Is there anybody in your life that you would also feel that way if they erased their memory of you?
1: Not off the top of my head. Probably. Like, the more, you know, if I think about it more, there probably is, like, if somebody, I ran into them, and they are like, who are you? And I remember having all these, like, awesome, I think it's, like, just the ultimate insult. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is, like, truly. Like, when, yeah. so, when you text somebody, and they're like, who this? And you're just like, what? <laughs> Like you are low-key butthurt. You know what I mean? So to have that happen, especially to me, if that happened to me in real life, I would just, I would throw myself into traffic. I'd be like, shining star.
0: (laughs) I am a shining star. How do you not know who I am? Well,
1: just, I mean, but then, but then again, it's like an insult and also a compliment. You know what I mean? Hmm. So it's an insult because it's like, how dare you like not know who I am. But once I found out that this person erased their memories of me, I would feel a little bit chuffed at like, I had such a significant impact on their life. Not, not that I want to cause anybody pain. And this is just me like being egocentric right now. But you know, the fact that I had like such a strong impact on someone's life and like my absence, like, like they literally could not handle being without me that they had to erase my memory. One, get help seriously, too. Like,
0: okay, Edward. Okay, Bella. Right?
1: <laughs> God. <laughs> That's what Bella should have done when Edward left her ass in fucking New Moon. Like, all right, she instead just... of
0: sitting on my ass for three months, I'm gonna just go erase his memory, and then I can be with Jacob happily. Right?
1: She should have just, just flown out to Rockville Center, which is like two towns over from where my dad grew up, so I know, I know exactly where Rockville Center is. That was really fun. Uh, <laughs> fun for me. But you know, fly out to Rockville Center, Bella. Get your memory wiped. Fly back to Forks. Get your freak on with that hot, literally werewolf.
0: (laughs) It's my opinion.
1: I will never stop referencing Twilight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is there anybody that you would erase your memory of?
1: Yes. And I will. Is it Ryan? (laughs) It's it's Ryan. Pay me 20 bucks and I will act like I don't know who are. is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, what were you going to say?
1: No, I was just going to say, yeah, there are people for sure. But I mean, part of it, part of it's also like, there are certain people I would wipe my memory from just because like, they caused me like discomfort or pain or whatever. And I learned nothing from it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like, they were just a shitty person in my life and- if anything, just, like, gave me anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. So. It's fair. But other than that, like, yeah, other than that, no, like, significant past relationships or anything like that really. I really need to wipe clean because, you know, I've learned things from, you know, past love affairs. And if I I erased it, I would be... (laughs) I would be very confused all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like another thing. It's like, how do they deal with the constant confusion of like losing two years of your life? Yeah. You know? Like there's giant holes in your memory now because this person that you, you know, lived with or was a big part of your life, that doesn't exist anymore. Like, I don't know how you compensate that.
1: Yeah. And I think that was the other thing about like the tech in the movie that kind of bugged me is, like, like, they're trying to specifically target the memories of Clementine. But I'm, like, how can you go physically into somebody's memory and just erase a person? Like, they would have to, like, blitz the whole memory. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, he he doesn't remember that those two years of his relationship and beyond, like, you know, leading up to, like, where the fuck he was. Because it seems like, they had only they had only split up like a couple weeks because like his neighbors still thought they were dating like that sort of thing. So, like a lot. He of got people... her a
0: Valentine's Day present.
1: Yeah, exactly. So they,
0: they hadn't like it. officially broken up, I guess. She yeah,
1: didn't... like they got into a big ass fight, and then she decided to just erase her memory of him, and like that was like that was almost the end of their relationship. Basically, was when he decided to go apologize, and she had no idea who the fuck he was. Mm-hmm. Which is also depressing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, how confusing that would be if you show up to your significant other's workplace and they're, like, making out with somebody and they act like they have no idea who you are. It's like, the
1: fuck? And, like, he probably would have kept, like, harassing her about that had David Cross not been the BFF of the year and shown <laughs> him the placard. And then the Those doctor two. had the absolute balls to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, you shouldn't have seen this. Like, motherfucker, I thought I was still dating this woman. <laughs> How can you tell me I don't get to know that she's erased the memories of me?
0: Yeah, do they not tell the people that they, like, erased the memory of? Or, you know, the... Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, what
1: I mean. That's that's part of, like, the...
0: I feel like that's counterproductive.
1: because that's Exactly. Just, like, I feel like that's part of, like, the entitlement to it is, like... I feel like I should have known that this happened. Like, even if I couldn't stop it, I should be made aware that she's wiped the memories of me.
0: Because then you're not harassing someone that does, literally doesn't know who you are. Right. Um, I
1: mean, it, it also could do the opposite, where it's like, that person then starts to try and force the memories to come back. You know what I mean?
0: I don't know. Like, I don't know how they, like I said, I don't know how they keep this system accountable. Um, when they just send these people back out into the world. Um, well, especially
1: after Mary got a hold of the files. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> the woman... Okay, so the one thing that made me so sad in the movie was when he brought the two trash bags in of of all her stuff, and he's in the waiting room, and the one lady had the box with her dog's stuff in it. That made oh, no. me so sad. I was like, she wants to erase the memory of her dead dog. I was... I almost cried just thinking Aww. about that. Just like, she must have had like the greatest bond with that dog. If like she cannot fathom a life without him,
0: so sad.
1: This is so sad. But even a dog, like I mean, if she loved the, that dog enough to get the memory erased of this dog she's going to have huge holes in her memory, too. Because, like, she probably, you know, did everything with that dog. Or, you know, that dog was super old, so he's been in her life a long-ass time. Yeah. I just feel like it's a very impractical concept and very silly if anybody actually would decide to try and erase their memory Can you think of
0: any examples or situations where this would be beneficial? Like, you know, people who have been through trauma or, like, um you know, situations like that, do you think it would be beneficial? Or do you still think it's I feel
1: like everything that happens in your life, unless it's, like, very inconsequential, like, for example, I killed a fly earlier. If I erased that memory, (laughs) nothing fuck that fly. Nothing would would change about who I am as a person, like, what I've been through, etc. Yeah. Except maybe not a fly murderer. Anyway. But I feel like I feel like any trauma like there's there's going to be a ripple effect to everything mm-hmm. that happens in your life. So if like if you're assaulted, if you you if you go to war, like that sort of thing, um it it definitely affects it changes you. And like as we said, they yeah, sure the memory's gone, but how it affected you doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So like you could you could wake up anxious, terrified like you know, paranoid or whatever you're feeling after experiencing some sort of trauma, if we're sticking with trauma, and have no idea why. And that's probably worse (laughs) than, like, knowing why you're, like, why you wake up anxious, why you wake up, you know, paranoid. Like, at least, and, like, hopefully you're getting, like, treatment for the trauma. But, I mean, if you don't, (laughs) that's, that's worse. Like, that, I feel like, would have a worse effect on you than, you know, just keeping the memory and then building upon it in a positive way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Uh, is there any other specific things from the movie that you want to talk about? And nothing
1: that I haven't already said. Like, like I had mentioned before, I did appreciate kind of how they brought all of the, kind of like brought the timeline together. Yeah. Because like you first think, like yeah, they meet in Montauk, but you think at first, at originally, you think their their first meeting is on the train on the way back from Montauk. But when he starts talking to the doctor and Dr. Howard's like, oh, when did you first meet? He was like, oh, we were on a beach. And at first you're like, they weren't on a fucking beach. They are on a train, you dumbass. And then at the end of the movie, when she's like, you know, the last memory of her and she's like, meet me in Montauk. That is obviously their second, like the re-meeting, I don't know. So I liked how they kind of like, wove that in there that it was Montauk was like a very special, prominent place for both of them. And there was no erasing that. Yeah. So no matter what, he still had this like lurking instinct to go out to Montauk. And sure enough, there she was.
0: Mm-hmm. You don't think that like she also had that same like meet me in Montauk thing in her her memory eraser. It was just like that instinct that both of them had.
1: Um, I think so, because I
0: think, you know, if they
1: like, the thing about, because I relate a lot to Clementine, like, I'm not as impulsive as she is, but I can definitely relate to a lot of her, her mannerisms, like, how she expresses herself. Like, I definitely feel a connection to Clementine. I think that's why I like her character so much. Mm-hmm. And I think with Clementine, she probably regretted that decision, like, immediately. Like, when, just like Joel, like, when she started, you know, going through those memories, she probably was like, oh, I don't want this. Yeah, she probably tried her hardest to hold on to those memories and had a similar... Because they had multiple memories in Montauk as the movie goes through. Like, they're on that beach, like, a million fucking times. Yeah. (laughs) So I think because Montauk is such a prominent place to them, at the end, she probably had that same, like, moment of clarity where she was like, let's go back to Montauk and decided the same day to go back to Montauk. I think what happened was this. (laughs) I think I think because you don't know that you don't know the difference in time between when she had her memory erased and when he had his memory erased Mm -hmm. because it's Valentine's Day when they both go out to Montauk right when they the second time they meet each other is Valentine's Day yep so I think what happened was she had her because they met the first time like around Valentine's Day right like they're the first time they met was also around Valentine's Day
0: um I don't I don't think so I think it was just some weekends that they were all there together
1: Hmm. oh well I thought that was my impression But either way like Valentine's Day was also a significant date coming up so the residual memory was like oh like you know there was like some empty piece there and like she remembers Montauk as being like a happy place for her so she was probably like bummed out on Valentine's Day Mm-hmm. so like a couple of days before valentine's day she probably had her memory erased the next day joel goes to the the bookstore realizes that the memory's go- like her memory has gone and then like the next day he gets his memory erased and then the morning that he wakes up is valentine's day so i'm assuming all of this happened within like three or four days yeah yeah and so both of them on valentine's day he has like the fresher like draw to montauk and she was probably like super like lost and was like oh let me just like clear my head go out to my favorite place in the world on long island which is montauk and they go out there and that's how they like reconnect i just think that that place was like so strong in their relationship and in their memories that they were both just drawn there in general yeah as well as like some sort of residual memory instinct took hold on valentine's day
0: yeah yeah Ooh, I think one of the other things I want to talk about was um, Clementine's hair, <clears throat> her changing hair colors. I don't know. Did you, like, notice any kind of theme with that or?
1: Well, it was funny because, like,
0: her, when they
1: broke up, her hair was orange, right? hmm And she, so he remembers, so when he has his first memory of her, I forget what color her hair was then, but, like, he had the, she had the orange sweatshirt on and he was like, oh, I love that orange sweatshirt then he says like oh I I come to hate that color so like when they were breaking up her hair was orange I do remember that Mm -hmm. and then her hair was like blue when like in that in between phase of her not knowing like blue gray color in between her having her memory erased and him having his memory erased, and they meet again. And she says, oh, I change my color all the time. So it is mm. very possible that they, she broke it off, literally dyed her hair immediately, and then had her memory erased. Like, full breakup makeover that yeah. many people go through.
0: Um, so. Yeah, the hair, from my understanding and my kind of read, it's like, kind of representative of seasons. <clears throat> mm. So when we first meet her on the train... Uh, her hair is blue, and it's like the roots are grown out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, after she's erased his memory, it's the first time after she's erased her memory. Um, neither of them remember each other, and it's the first time they're like reconnecting and meeting again. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and then um, but in the the real first time they meet each other, her hair is green, kind of like yeah. spring. Um, and kind of like you know new beginnings spring things are growing and blooming um and then her hair is like bright red in, in all of the kind of fantasy in the memory scenes her hair is red and like the full bloom of their love and their like affair is you know representative with the color red um but then once things go south Her hair is orange like fire like things are burning down not good like their relationship is falling apart her hair is orange um and then after they break up her hair is blue like winter like sad yeah so like red summer orange fall things are falling apart leaf fall down yeah blue for winter she's sad (laughs) (laughs) um but then once, you know, t- a little bit of time has passed, she her memories erased and they meet again on the train. Her roots are grown out again almost like the end of winter, beginning of spring kind of thing.
1: Yeah, cuz it's mid February, so March is coming, which is like basically spring. <laughs> yeah, I did I didn't notice necessarily the seasons, but I did notice that like you know, I mean I did notice that the hair kind of like also correlated with like time. Like yeah there was a specific time in her life when her hair was red and when it was orange, blue, et cetera. So, and also I relate to also changing my hair color a lot. (laughs) I've never done like blue or orange. Actually, no, I have done blue. Uh, That's a lie. Um, I've never done, (laughs) I've never done green. Uh, (laughs) But I think that's also part of her personality is like, you know, she is, she's so whimsical and she can, she changes her mind so quickly. Something that she can have control over and change fast, is her hair color, um, which I relate to a lot. So, you know, I chop and change my hair. I cut and dye my hair all the time. That was very on par for Clementine's character to just Mm -hmm. change her hair color. And she has this, like, quirky, like, avant-garde, if you will, like, sense of style. Like, she can just, like, she can just put on whatever and work with it. Mm -hmm. so all of that like wrapped together definitely made for a very well very well-rounded uh character in my opinion
0: yeah yeah so um with that we can probably start to wrap up here do you have any last thoughts no i mean the
1: these kind of movies that come out that are like sad but they're hopeful i mean i like them i do but I'm just like, I definitely am just like, give me a feel good movie kind of gal. You know what I mean? I like, I want to root for something.
0: We've like, had a I, few kind of downer movies. So next one for sure. We'll do like a, for a sure. Follow.
1: We'll do, we'll, we'll pep it up just a wee bit. It was good. I, I genuinely liked it. Um, Cause I know you and, and Denver have talked about it a lot. So well, I'm glad you liked it
0: out of all the movies that we've done so far. Where, do you, where does it fall for you? I definitely
1: enjoyed it the most. I liked it the most because it had just as much to, like, think about, I would say, as Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Like, Fight Club is, like, you're just sitting there being like, why are men so angry? <laughs> <laughs> why do they have to start cults like this all the time? But um, it had just as much to, like, think about, but I think I related to the questions that I was asking asking more like i wanted to know the question the answers to the questions that i was asking more because it it talks about like what seemed for a while like a healthy like fun relationship like a relationship that i would want you know until it fell apart Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and like how you can see yourself in that relationship and how you would handle that situation and how like ethical like any of what was going on was yeah, I'm also very into like ethics and morals and like and the transhumanism part of it I also found very interesting.
0: That's why Twilight's like your favorite movie?
1: Yes. Ethics and morals. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot to question in that movie when it comes to ethics and morals. But anyway, that is why I liked it more than Fight Club. But Fight Club I thought was also very good. Yeah. And was also a thinker. But I just think <laughs> The thinking that I did in relation to uh, the Spotless Mind was more worthwhile, <laughs> yeah, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, um, this is probably one of my favorite movies. Mm. Um, I just really, I don't know. It's just I, I enjoy watching it. It's very clever and well made. It's, it's sweet, but still like kind of heartbreaking same time I don't know I just really dig movies like that I guess I'm like man, yeah. so deep um also has a lot of people that I like in it so it's fun to see all those uh, familiar faces kind of acting alongside one another yeah I think it's just well written well directed well acted everything comes together really well so it kind of remains in my my top 20 at least yeah. I'll
1: definitely, I would definitely watch this movie again just yeah. to like catch the little details mm-hmm. that's kind of one of those movies like after you get like the generic plot you want to go back and like kind of like Fight Club you want to find the Starbucks cup in every scene I want to yeah. find like the little details surrounding memory or the concept of memory that they sneak in there in yeah. each scene
0: well I think that wraps up our review of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind so, with my that, minds. I bid you farewell.
1: I'm going to erase all of my memories of this podcast.
0: Dang it. All right. <laughs> I guess I'll find a new partner.
1: <laughs> or just re enlist me and
0: see what happens. <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, hey, you want to start a podcast? Sure. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I will see you next time.
1: I will see you next time. Maybe. Bye. Bye.